0: Welcome to the Mortcast. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about a Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th of Blake and Moisey in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. That Red Zin that was finished in the whiskey barrels, uh, that has been sold out. That uh, was an exceedingly popular um a varietal, So um, it will be back in the near future. Um, just sit tight. I know uh, it was very popular with a lot of the Mortcast listeners. So that will be back. But they've got everything else you need. Go to BFWDenver.com and look for the 2017 Cabernet. Get yourself some of that uh, Blake Street blend. But they also got any sort of partnerships with uh, Western Slope wineries. If you go down to the dairy block and talk to them. But they even got more than that. So uh, why don't you take my advice and go to BFWDenver.com. Maybe book a virtual wine tasting down there check that out on the website or you can just go down to um the dairy block and try some of the wine now that things are sort of sort of kind of sort of getting back to normal it'll be a great time for you to check that out once again they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver Colorado just a couple blocks away from Coors Field right in the middle of the dairy block they are always online at bfwdenver.com when you go in or you talk to them tell them Jeff Morton from CSG podcast sent you there what is up everybody thank you all for joining me on the latest mortcast part of the CSG network i'm of course your host jeff morton okay well we had a big um i only did one podcast last night last week so um i apologize we've uh, i got caught up in doing other things and so i'll try to do three this week to make up for it but there was a uh, a nice little uh a news item that dropped at the end end of the week. But one of the reasons I only did one podcast is that I was on, appeared on Ryan Blackburn's uh, podcast, and I talked about how, in my opinion, um, your your everyone's favorite six foot uh, eleven uh, sharpshooter, Michael Porter Jr. I just I said that I think he will be back before Jamal Murray. Lo and behold, um, Adrian Wojnarowski yesterday on Sunday um, dropped a little news item saying that he believed that uh, speaking with Mark Bartlestein, that uh, who's Michael Porter Jr.'s agent, that uh, Porter will be back uh, sometime in March uh, because he is uh, being cleared to start contact and uh, within the week. And uh, it's it, it's been an interesting interesting couple of days following the news items. Michael Malone. Um, said if it didn't come from us, you know, all that stuff, which, you know, is what it is. But, um, I kind of want to talk about Mike and reiterate some of the things that I said on Blackburn's podcast, Pickaxe and Roll. You can go check that out. Uh, part of Denver Stiffs and Mile High Sports, uh, network there. Um, great stuff. And it was good to kind of, uh, um, go out there and, uh, talk about this. Something that I have been... as I always say with uh, anything I say on this podcast is that I am lightly in you know uh, I don't say anything because I'm ignorant, I don't guess I I try to be as informed as possible I suspected that this was uh, on the way I went ahead and dropped this on Blackburn's podcast and I'm going to give you some context for my reasoning here because I think I think what happens is people get caught up in um, kind of thinking about, uh, maybe a little too much what Michael Malone says or, or things like that, because he is going to tow the company line. Um, and quite frankly, his job is to face the media. One of the reasons I get so frustrated with the media is that our Michael Malone is our basically the face of the franchise. And like with any coach, I mean, George Karl was the face of the Nuggets for almost 10 years. Okay. So it is a, it's a, something that comes with being a coach you're the one who gets all the questions. So let's remove Malone uh, from the equation here, because uh, I think Malone doesn't factor into this. But we got to understand a couple things about Mike. And one thing I said all the way back in, I think it was either late December, early January. I'll link to that on the CSG network, uh, CSG underscore network on Twitter. If you want to give that a follow, I post all the uh, podcasts there. But one of the things that absolutely struck me is that things started coming out about Mike feeling two hundred percent, and that's not my words. Better um, when uh, after he got that surgery, and um, when I when I say surgery, I people get a horrific kind of vibe when they say people say surgery. Uh, I've been calling it a procedure. Because this isn't, this wasn't what it was made out to be. And I do think that people around um, various aspects of the NBA were frustrated with how this was presented through the media. Um, This was, yes, anything on your back is serious, but this wasn't what Mike went through before. This was a relieving pain surgery. And as I've said before, and because who is that someone who has a mother who has a very similar lumbar issue to uh, MPJ, who doesn't, who's not an athlete, never had to go through the rigors of being an athlete. Oftentimes, you'll need follow up procedures because your your nerve will get impinged and you will either have to shave down your nerve or maybe shave down the impingement um and it but it's not reconstructive it's not like his disc surgery this was this is a completely separate thing this is to relieve pain imagine any have you've met anyone who had sciatica um they will tell you it's intense pain down your leg and that's what mike was getting he was getting intense pain down his leg into his calf and, uh, that was, you know, certainly something that was, uh, making his life miserable and probably would explain why he felt so crappy, um, <laughs> basically doing the first nine games of the season, uh, even though it wasn't presented that way, uh, it's definitely, with the benefit of hindsight, uh, Mike was definitely not feeling well, and that is why he couldn't make a shot, um, It's amazing what a not being in pain will do. So anyway, coming back to Mike having that procedure, one of the reasons people point to for skepticism is that Mike went to a second opinion in Florida to uh, basically, and this is something I said to uh, Blackburn on the pod, um, my grandmother went through a ton of surgeries. I mean, she had uh, shoulder and hip issues that plagued her uh for the last 10-15 years of her life and she went through a ton of surgeries and she eventually got to the point where she didn't want to do another surgery she said she, she she was like i can't go through this again i don't want to do another surgery surgery is a big deal and Mike not wanting to go under the knife again could probably put, I think, 99.9% sure, uh, just in my view, he just didn't want to do another surgery, which is like, and also part of it is he's very cognizant of his appearance uh, to people being injury prone and all that stuff. Mike's got a lot of different considerations, but he mostly, it's who wants to go through another surgery? Surgery sucks. And, but what he didn't count on, I don't believe, was feeling immediately better. Um, And considering he went through, he got, quote unquote, injured, which is, I, I, I hate saying that he got injured because that implies something new. This was aggravating an existing issue. Okay. So this is going to be something Mike's going to have to deal with for the rest of his life, probably. Um, but he aggravated an existing issue, and um, it made him play awful. I mean, Mike, you may imagine feeling that kind of pain shooting through to your your calf and um, having to, to play through it. Now, from all reports, he suffered this in the last game of the preseason, and it reflects on his he, he was getting exponentially worse as the games were going on. He goes up for the dunk, doesn't, can't get up, goes to the locker room and the rest is history. Okay. But the fact that he got a second opinion made it seem worse than it was because he I mean, really, in, truly in reality, Mike just didn't want to do another surgery and no one can blame him for that. Uh, it, it is a situation where I think if we are just looking at things as if we are humans, we understand that not wanting to do going under, not wanting to go under the knife again is something that is, uh, something to be expected. But all that being said, um, the fact that Mike felt immediately better, uh, was a great sign. And, um, it is something that I, I, I'm going to kind of. Focus on here because there is a there is a. I think Mike's uh, r- uh, the things surrounding Mike. He doesn't handle them like we we would want him to handle them. You know, the latest being the the tow truck driver thing, which he should have known the guy was filming I mean, it's, it is what it is. Um, there's a lot of different things that have happened in the course of Michael Porter Jr's career that probably cause us to have a sideways view of him because of just we, he wouldn't handle he doesn't handle things the way that we think he should handle things and in the grand scheme of things i think that kind of reputational thing has worked against him and I, and i really want to emphasize that mike's a baller Mike wants nothing more than to play. He is a guy who is just obsessed with playing basketball. Um despite all the other crap that comes al- along with just l- people living in general. I mean, humans are humans. Let's throw that out for a second. At his core, Mike Porter Jr. just wants to play basketball and um I can imagine him feeling better and then immediately wanting to get back on the court, which is which is natural. One of the things the Nuggets have had to push back against, I'm sure, is probably him wanting to play too soon. Um, and uh, honestly, it is something that you know you know a guy wants to play. And you know a guy wants to be out there and help his team and all that stuff. And what people should understand is that way back when, uh, I think it was in January, when uh, Mike went underwent COVID protocols... Um, And then, you know, he and people started like, oh, it's Mike again, COVID for three times, blah, blah, blah. Uh, What what people missed in that scenario was Mike wouldn't have gone into COVID protocols if he wasn't going to be around the team. And I pointed this out in January. That intrinsically meant that Michael Porter Jr., my MPJ, was going to be with the team. And I think when we look at it and, and we uh, like look back on it, I think we can say that there's been signs that Mike was really trying to play all the way back a month after he had that surgery, which I mean, he had that surgery in early December. So um, you can tell that he was raring to go. And, you know, it's more than reading tea leaves. It is just basically... What it, I think people saw the COVID protocol thing and they're like, oh, well, just Mike again. You just you don't take it to the to the other the other part where you can take it, which is, oh, my God, Mike, uh, (laughs) Mike is around the team again. And then suddenly, you know, after he went through that, he was with the team. He traveled with the team. Uh, He started working out. And um, I think that when you look at Mike, you know that he and I think taking away all the other stuff, you know he wants to be out there at all costs. He wants to be out there playing ball because he like he he's a baller he wants to be playing ball, and I think we need to readjust where the way we look at him because our our presuppositions are always in a very narrow sense, and Mike is a guy who just wants to complete being part of this team he wants to justify his contract all that stuff is and it's natural because i think every person does so mike ends up uh through his agent saying this is after he had had replied to an instagram comment to from uh, uh isaiah thomas saying like i'll see you I'll see you in a week bro lol um he is—he is, he is just—I mean—he's just wanting to get out there. And, you know, obviously, this is signifying he may be at a with the G League team, the the Grand Rapids team. Who knows uh, where he's going to start out? But obviously, this is going to mean something for this Nuggets team going through the rest of the year. And um, Mike coming back before Jamal was not something that anyone really contemplated because. Once again, you see Mike, you see back, and you immediately think, oh God, this is the worst thing possible, which is natural because you know backs are backs. But Mike was able to come back largely due to the fact that he his procedure wasn't what it was presented to be. You know, anything with your back is quote unquote serious, but it, it wasn't it wasn't what people like, your natural view of where it should be. It wasn't that. Uh, Mike. Uh, Mike's procedure was to relieve pain. Obviously, if you're a Nuggets team and you're investing hundreds of millions of dollars or $100 million, you want to make sure that this uh, individual does not hurt himself again. But as I said before, it's kind of like for the rest of Mike's life, he's going to have to be dealing with pain. Most of it has to do with pain. There's other injuries that he could possibly get. I mean, um, like... Last year or the year before, he had an ankle injury. You know, it's like there's regular injuries. Um, But with his back, it's not as if he's superhuman. Obviously, you know, I said on Blackburn's podcast, it's not as if his spine is going to snap in two or anything like that, Um, which is, he said, thank you for putting that image in my head. But this is a situation where where Mike is just um, doing his best to not... uh, you know, to be out there with his team, supporting his team, all of that stuff. And, uh, I think he should be applauded for that. Now, Jamal, I don't know. I don't have any information on Jamal. Uh, Sam Amick today released something that, uh, Jamal could be back by the playoffs. Um, I think what I've been saying about Jamal is that knees are tricky. Knees are, uh, uh, take a long time, even with the advances of modern medicine that we have seen the last you know 30 years. Uh, knees are knees, and they're tricky, and you you can never know. And I don't have any information on Jamal, but you know he also had COVID, and that probably set his rehab back a couple weeks. So uh, that could be contributing to why you know Mike may be making an appearance before Jamal. You never know. Um, And that is something that we really have to consider going forward. But with the Nuggets going forward, um, I really don't know what this means. The bench is playing a lot better. Um, And I think people assume that Mike will upset the balance, which is really weird to me because Mike... My, Mike's a shooter I mean it can only help having a shooter on the team uh so I think just that once again goes into the presupposition about what people the way people think of Mike and stuff like that I mean you know fair or not fair that's the that's the way things are right now so um anyway this short little uh more cast today thank you all for joining me um uh, be, be sure and check out at CSG underscore network on Twitter. I post the podcast there or at jmorton 78. That's where I post my podcast. Uh, be sure and check out the episode that I was uh, on for Ryan Blackburn's podcast on that pick, pickaxe and roll. Um, because, uh, you know, uh, I talked for an hour and 15 minutes on that one. I always make Ryan run over because my my own podcasts are so short. So. Anyway, thank you all for joining me, and I'll be seeing you very soon. Goodbye. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.